Let's see here. First question. Favorite Major League Baseball team. That's easy. Pittsburgh Pirates. Okay. Next question. Favorite football team. Brooklyn Raiders. No, wait, wait, wait. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Buccaneers. Okay. Next question. Favorite basketball team. Let me see the list. I'll do it later. Welcome to episode number 54. I'm your host, Alpha Mike on Raider Cop Nation. What are we talking about? Training with firearms. Training with firearms. You know, this show, it's going to be a three-part show. It's going to be full of a lot of information for you. So we suggest crayons, cardboard boxes, pencils, erasers, everything at the ready because you're going to definitely get some information here. Now, as a disclaimer, we have to discuss disclaimers. Unfortunately, this is the world that we live in. Whatever state that you live in, you need to know what those rules of engagement are to have a firearm. Do you need a license? Do you not need a license? When can you carry it? Am I allowed to carry it outside my home? Whatever the rules of engagement are in your respective state, we make sure, make sure, make sure you know what they are. We also, whenever you deal with a firearm, make sure that you are pointing it in a safe direction, that you are not aiming at nothing that you don't intend to shoot. Keep your booger finger, that's your index finger, the one that when you were a child or some of us as adults picked boogers with, make sure that the booger finger finger is nowhere near the trigger because it might make this sound. Now, if you don't have your booger finger or any fingers next to the trigger, you won't not you will you will not hear that sound. Whenever making the weapon safe, clear, and empty. Make sure inspecting the weapon visually and with your finger, making sure that there's no round in the weapon. Make sure that the magazine that has bullets in it is nowhere near the weapon when you are making it safe, clear, and empty. Now, I know that that was a lot, and I ran through that pretty quick. So let me recap. We're going to be safe, clear, and empty when we are playing Pistolero. How do we achieve that? First thing we do is take the magazine out of the weapon or the bullets out of the revolver. Open up the cylinder of the revolver, take the bullets out, put the bullets in a safe, enclosed area, nowhere near the gun. As well, magazine release, take out the magazine, Remove the magazine from the area in a closed area that you can't get to. And you're going to open up the weapon by pulling back on the slide, catching it with a slide release, removing the bullet that's in there. Remember your booger finger, which is your trigger finger, is nowhere near the trigger during this operation. Nowhere near it. That way you won't have a 
negligent discharge. Ooh. That's right, negligent discharge. That's what it's called. Now, with the gun safe, clear, and empty, you can inspect it visually and with your finger. If there's a buddy nearby, you can add them to the play game, and they can inspect the weapon as well. You are safe, clear, and empty now, my friends. You can play the game. Love it every time. If you're not safe, you're not clear, you're not empty, you can't play with the gun at home. It won't work. And whenever you pick up a, a weapon, a revolver, a pistol, or a shotgun, or an AR, you have to make sure that you are safe. That way other people will want to play with you. Other than that, nobody will want to play with you. Got it? Now, let's continue. Episode 54, Training with a Firearm. We will explore every aspect of training with a firearm. Our first guest that we have lined up for today is going to be Kilo Sierra. And he will tell us what the goal and the objective is to the beginning of the intermediate in training with a firearm. We will increase our conversation from that point. It will get better and better. We are programmed for three episodes on three episodes on this series, Training with a Firearm. If need be, we will go to a fourth one. If not, we will end it at three. Also, make note of it, January 2019th, we're going to go into carrying concealed weapon, who, what, when, where, and how. And that is a six-part series. How many parts? Six six-part series on concealed carry. And as I stated in the beginning of this uh, podcast, make sure that you're, you know, you understand your um, respective states' rules of engagement, what the law is in the area that you call home. Very important. Now, I've, I've always said the importance to getting a weapon and training in a weapon is paramount. You know, buying a weapon and keeping it locked up for show and tell later is not the objective. Why? What is the purpose of training? And, of course, your purpose of training should be to protect yourself and to protect life of either a family member or a complete stranger, it doesn't matter. But that should be the purpose of your training. And not just to hit paper targets, okay? Paper targets or the paper target bad guy helps us in our development and what we are learning. But there's so many aspects of training that, believe it or not, you, you believe this when I tell you, you can train without a bullet. Let me repeat that. You can train in firearms without shooting a shot without a bullet. Wow. And we will explore a lot of that. The purpose of this Second Amendment, uh, advocating the Second Amendment podcast that we're having here is because that the enemy at the ready is trying to derail the Second Amendment at every opportunity that they have. But you as an American citizen have the right to bear arms, and that right shall not be infringed. 
Anthony Scalia, the late Anthony Scalia, Justice of the Supreme Court, explained uh, in our previous pack, podcast, we heard his explanation, the right to bear, bear arm, and we're not talking about a bear in the forest, is carry arms. So there are certain arms that you will not be able to carry. You cannot carry a tank. So therefore, that wasn't the mindset of the founders of the country. The right to bear arms is to carry arms, and that right shall not be what? In the back row? Anybody? That is correct. Infringed. Which means nothing should deter you from carrying out that God-given right of the Second Amendment. Now, I know our friends on the left don't believe it's a God-given right, and I know that our friends on the left advocate at every corner and every turn to take your weapon and disarm you because that way they will feel safer. No, it's not a time to judge. It's a time to stand up. And we're going to have new rules. I'm not going to say I'm sorry because the Second Amendment was created for my benefit and the benefit of all Second Amendment members. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm a proud American, and I'm glad that the Second Amendment is around, and I proudly display my Second Amendment rights because they were given to me by the founders of this country and the inspiration of a free nation. And therefore, that's why I am a carrying member of the Second Amendment. Now, unfortunately, in today's society, we've discussed this in previous podcasts, you need protection. Having a firearm consists of so many things. Not only what firearm will I buy, what type of training will I receive, how can I get a concealed weapons permit, what should I train on a daily basis, why am I training, mindset, very important. And uh, I also need to protect myself civilly as well because remember that the lawyers... The lawyers are out there waiting for you to make a mistake. So the lawyer, the lawyer can come and file his claim on you. So you should need insurance protection. You don't think about starting a car without insurance. Well, not only that, it is a mandatory obligation in states with the law that you have to have insurance on your car. But you don't have that mandatory obligation with a gun, but you should. You should really consider it. My friends, if you don't consider it, NRA, consider the USCCA and uh, Law Shield, I believe it's called. We will post uh, the wherever you want to go. I, we don't get a nickel for, for sending you in one direction or another, but we will post proudly on the show notes that protection. Pennies on the dollar. Pennies on the dollar. You know why you need it? Because you don't want anything will, that will cause you hesitation. Because hesitation can really make a bummer of your day. You want to make sure that when the event goes down, what you've trained for, you're ready. Your brain will be ready because muscle mass has been built up. And your brain will go into what you've told it to train in. And it will carry out that mission. 
You don't want to have a second guess. What if? What if? The lawyer, the lawyer. No, you want to carry out the mission because it's for your survival, the survival of someone else, or, God forbid, the survival of one of your uh, children or one of your family members. So it's important. No hesitation. And with that legal protection or that insurance protection, it should be an easy breeze. Calm, collective. You train for this moment. You're ready for this moment. And maybe you don't want the challenge. I don't, I don't think anybody wants that challenge. If it comes your way, you'll know how to carry it out. Well, it's about that time. And I think the doorbell is about to ring. And there's our... That should, that should be him. Kilo Sierra. And the moment you've been waiting for, Kilo Sierra. Welcome to Raider Cop Nation. Thank you. Thank you very much. It is an honor having you here. And I know that our audience is eager to find out a little bit more about you. Who is this Kilo Sierra? He's, he's the strange person that they've created, and I have no idea who he is. <laughs> Just tell them a little bit about you. Sure. I'm a retired range master uh, from a New Jersey state agency, and I'm also a uh, private investigator. So I've, not only have I done a lot of firearms training, but I've also done uh, baton training, defensive tactics, pepper spray, handcuffing, and I've done a lot of investigative work, too. Uh, so I've done a little bit of everything, and I'm bilingual, which also helps. Bilingualism in today's America is very handy, that's for sure. Yes, it is. Now, yes, it is. on the on the firearm platform, the, you have your own company, correct? Correct, sir. And that would be? Sepulveda Incorporated. So if you're listening, we're going to post all this on the show notes and on the co-host link, so you can just click to it and you can go to it. And your private investigative company. Now that, yes, sir. That, that, that sounds a little... Uh, you know, our perception of private investigators is what we see on television shows. Tell us a little bit about your 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 investigative company. Sure, sure. We do all types of private investigations. The the, the, uh, the most common uh, uh, comment I get, it's kind of funny. Oh, like that show Cheaters. I'm like, yeah, well, okay, yeah, we do a. Uh, cohabitation cases and things like that, but it's a lot of work involved. It's a uh, uh, you're trying to find out let's say, how much a person uh, makes, or if they're still working, if there's fraud regarding insurance fraud, uh, uh, things like that. Uh, also, uh, uh, surveillance to see if, there's, if they're living with somebody else, if there's an alimony issue, uh, uh, phone surveillance, a digital computer forensics, phone forensics. You have a lot involved with that. Also, um, people who fail to pay the bill or a bill, they disappear. I do skip tracing, so we have to find people that don't want to be found, and that's actually quite a challenge as well. Yeah, I can that's imagine. A, that's a big challenge because it's hard enough to find people that aren't necessarily hiding per se. They're just they're, you know, irresponsible. But finding someone who's good at trying to stay low, low-key, that requires a, a, a lot of investigative uh, work, and that's a challenge. But I like challenges. Yeah, and—, and- I know if you're looking for somebody that owes money, boy, that is a challenge. 
Because oh, yes I've lent people twenty dollars, and boy, I've never gotten it. <laughs> They've been exactly. running ever since. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so yes. what we have lined up, as you know, on this show, we're basically talking about training in firearms, and there are different levels of training. Of, uh, of course, you know, for the beginner, for the novice, for the intermediate, for the advanced. <clears throat> but if you had to, based on your experience, if you had to say uh, an individual, let's say you're you're not that advanced or you're a little mm -hmm. bit timid about changing platforms in weaponry or you, you've never even, let's say you're a revolver guy, you've never had a semi-auto, you kind of don't, okay. you don't trust them. What would be their ultimate goal and objective? See, what I like to do is I, as an instructor, I have people from all walks of life. I have the individuals that have never uh, owned a gun before, um, are interested in purchasing one. So I have that type of individual that they haven't even bought one yet. I have a type of individual that have bought one yet and are smart enough to, uh, to seek training. Uh, so I have that time. And I also have a person that hasn't shot a gun in a long time. So what I like to do, regardless of where you start, if they're interested in, uh, in starting either starting over or starting new, I prefer to start people on a blank slate. I start everyone uh, at a very rudimentary, like a, uh, an introductory course, because I feel it's important for the newbie, you want to develop good habits. For someone who's just about to shoot y'all, I want to make sure that they're already in the right direction and didn't assume or assimilate anyone else's bad habits. So I prefer to start people on the same page. So the, the biggest things I focus on, um, I, you know, the first thing is safety protocol. I mean, you, you need to have that muzzle, as what we call in the business, muzzle discipline before uh, even learning the basics because safety is tantamount. You, you, you need to be safe. And, and what I like to teach people, either the new person or as a reminder uh, of the individuals that are just starting to shoot or have shot for a while but just want to get back into it, that when they have a firearm in their hand, whether it's temporary, whether it's cleaning the firearm, or whether it's taking the firearm and loading it to shoot and putting it on the bench, whether it's taking the firearm, unloading it and putting it away, or whether it's taking the firearm and putting it away in your safe at home. Regardless of the situation, I want to instill or remind them that when you have a firearm in your hand for that period of time, whether it's once, two seconds, or two minutes, nothing else matters. Right. Everything, 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 your priority is safety, finger off the trigger, and that is something that is the backbone of all my training, especially uh, the the initial training, regardless uh, of what your purpose is for your initial training with itself, defense, target shooting. I like to begin everyone on the same page. Yeah, so safety is a big protocol here in the beginning of their their goal to learn the safety mechanisms of their weapon, correct? Exactly, exactly, correct. Correct. So yes. now take us into their next level of training. Sure. So after they understand the dynamics of safety, what I like to do is break the actual uh, shooting sequences down. So what I like to do is go over the uh, what the firearm does, 
uh, what, a, what a cartridge or what a bullet is, what rifling is. And you'd be surprised how many people sometimes have a difficult grasp in understanding the concept of rifling. So I go over that. Um, then I go over basic nomenclature and the differences between a revolver versus a semi-automatic, so that way they understand the nomenclature and the verbiage as we go on, because those are for the, especially for the people that have never um, owned a gun before. Um, so that, that's huge. Then after that, I go over uh, what, what a target looks like, what's expected of them regarding uh, accuracy. But uh, this, this training, uh, the initial training is also, you know, it's not, I don't really speed them up, so I take my time with them. So I go over the grip, which is important, the stance, the sight alignment and sight picture, which is very important. I actually try to uh, have, I, I, I have different images I like to show uh, so that they can understand the picture, because I think images are very important when it comes to sight alignment and sight picture, because that's, uh, that, that's something that a lot of shooters, that's very new to them, uh, to, to understand that the, the, the front sight is what has to be crystal clear. When I go over that point, I have to explain exactly why, right. why that's the case, and that that sometimes is an eye-opener uh, for a lot of shooters, and they've been doing it wrong for the longest time, how they have to keep the front sight focused and the, the rear sight, and I explain to them the rear sight. I, sometimes I, I like to give anecdotes uh, the NRA has a very interesting concept that I really like to use is related to known to the unknown. So I, I'll, I'll do that. So for someone, let's say, who I'm trying to explain the sight alignment and sight picture regarding the rear versus the front sight, I'll say, okay, well, pretend that the rear sight is a carpenter's level. So I explain that. Oh, okay, you know how the bubble in the carpenter's level goes left and right to make sure you're leveling whatever you're trying to level? Oh, I get that. Well, that's what the rear sight does for your gun. And once I say that in that context, They'll understand what sight alignment and sight picture eventually is. Uh, um, so I'll use techniques like that, where I'll relate the known to the unknown, right. and they'll, they'll understand. Once I talk about sight alignment and sight picture, and the grip and the stance, and they realize how important that is. And a lot of shooters, beginning shooters, too, have a hard time with the stance. As you know, you see a lot of beginning shooters with a handgun. They, for some reason, they arc their back. So we have to straighten them up. So these are things that you go over with them. But then what I tell them um, is that uh, you can have the best grip in the world. You can have the best great side alignment and side picture. Trigger press is a second, aside from side alignment and side picture, trigger press is the most important fundamental. And I explain that I've taught many, I've taught law enforcement officers, civilian security personnel, and that's always an issue that uh, if people, let's say, fail qualifications for, on a law enforcement security on guard side, many instances it's because of poor trigger control. And I talk about uh, trigger control and following through the shot. So I like to break it down because, for the, especially for the new shooter or for someone just coming back, all those stages, it's a lot of information at once and they might, I don't want to overwhelm them. Because uh, a lot of those tactics that we talk about that you and I take for granted, for the beginning shooter, it's a lot to assimilate at one time. Right. You know, so, well, so I wanted to – and the last thing I want to do is discourage the new shooter because I want it to come back. You know, and, and I, 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 that's why I prefer, uh, regardless of their skill level, to start them out on a, on a 22 because there's not much of a recoil uh, issue to deal with. Right. So, because I don't want to discourage a new shooter because I want them to come back, especially if they're new, new at it. So I break it down in stages. So that way, as they practice, it all assimilates and it all starts to make sense. 
Yeah, that is a good point with the twenty-two <clears throat> and the recoil. It, it it makes them feel a lot more comfortable. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So that's how I I that's my cadence pretty much. I teach them the basics, the stance, the grip, the uh, the uh, side alignment, the side picture of the breath control trigger control and following through. That's the basic cadence that I use because in my personal opinion, that is the foundation. Regardless if it's pistol, rifle, shotgun, even submachine gun uh, for law enforcement and security personnel. Uh, the fundamentals are important. Yes, you go to a much more advanced shooting later at a later stage. However, um, in order for you to build, you know, to bake a wedding cake, you kind of need to know how to make a cupcake first. Mm-hmm. So, so that's that's been my philosophy, and it works because sometimes, because uh, I mean, I've seen this. For example, I've trained many individuals in many ranges, and I and I will tell them, listen, please, uh, as I'm as I'm going through the course with you, don't be surprised if I have to pause what I'm doing and address an issue at the range we are at because there might be an unsafe issue. Nine times out of ten. Unfortunately, that happens. You have an individual that's already there with their own firearm, and unfortunately, they're being unsafe. So those are the things that my students, it almost reaffirms the fact that, yes, there are some people that forget the basics. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and, 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 that's, a, and that's, an, that's why in my students, I hone that, and that, that foundation is key. You have to have a solid foundation to build on. You definitely do. Now, you've stated their goals the beginning, the intermediate, you've stated the objective of the instructor. Now, let's say I'm the beginner. What should be my objective at this point? I've already taken your course for the first day. I'm, I'm headed towards the second day. What What is my objective now? Okay, your objective now is to remember what you've learned in the sense of the muzzle discipline, the safety protocol, and practice. Practice is essential because without practice, shooting is a perishable skill. Um, you, you, need to, you need to practice uh, what you've learned. So you need to go to the range and make it uh, the practice second nature. You have to. You, what, so what I recommend for shooters, especially if they want to move on to more advanced shooting, is that um, I like to use the, 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 the old adage, slowest, smooth, smoothest, fast. Before you decide to become more, more proficient and, and go on to more advanced courses, you need to really become uh, uh, very good at stationary static shooting, at target shooting, because then you can move from there. So my, my suggestion for the beginner shooter is, um, first of all, do your homework in purchasing the firearm. Uh, speak to individuals that are experts in that field. Uh, uh, definitely do your homework on that regarding ammunition. Buy a quality firearm, buy whatever caliber you can shoot adequately. So if you're a beginner shooter, uh, you definitely don't want, you don't want to buy a caliber where the recoil is prohibitive. Uh, so those are the, the basic things and make sure the gun fits your hand also. Make sure the gun isn't too small or too big and that takes a lot of homework. Sometimes you might have to go to a range to, to rent a firearm to make it an educated decision. You ask some good questions and therefore then you, you get a quality firearm. Uh, then you look for ammunition. However, practice is important because without practice you cannot hone your skills. You have to become familiar with the firearm. But we get, uh, once you become familiar with the firearm uh, and then you, you, you can use those skills to, to to, to practice, practice, practice before you move on to the next level. 
Kilo, you've given us a world of information that a beginner and intermediate can pick up and start to run with. Next week's show, we're going to concentrate on the course of fire. So they have kind of an idea what are they getting into. So we've, we've painted the picture what they should expect. Now we're going to walk into the following uh, next week's show what the course of fire will actually look like. Perfect. Exactly. And exactly. It, it has been our pleasure to have Kilo on this show. Always, sir, always a pleasure on Raider Cop Nation to have you. Thank you. For Thank you so much for having me. I always have a wonderful time with you, and I look forward to providing uh, more information. Great interview from Kilo Sierra giving a perspective on a novice, beginner, intermediate, whatever term you want to use, uh, concealed carry uh, American that is thinking about firearms. Let's say you're, you're somewhat proficient, but he gave us a, a good perspective of what their goal should be and, of course, what how to reach the next objective. So we're going to have more on, 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 on that issue next week on uh, episode 55 as we continue our episode series of uh, training in firearms. And I am definitely looking forward to this series. It is time to bring in my co-host, that uh, he was uh, on special assignment, so he couldn't come in for the first half, but he is here for the second half, and I'm happy to bring him on. Love being here every week. What's going on, Alpha? What we got going on this day? Well, we had a great interview with Kilo Sierra. He brought the audience up to speed on what their goals should be as a beginner or a novice in regards to training with firearms, which that's the protocol that uh, our three-segment show is all about, and what their goals should be once they reach a specific level as let's say a beginner or, or an intermediate, how you continue to grow in, in different levels. So interesting. He's going to follow it up next week with some more. He's going to take the audience to a different level, so that's going to be good. And uh, we've got on the on deck circle coming up the one and only Pistol Pete. And good Pete's Pete. coming on to talk about gun cleaning. Gun clean. So this is the show where you've got to get your crayons, pencils, cardboard Yeah, you can't underestimate, can't underestimate the importance of weapon maintenance because, you know, you don't want to be out there in a real-life scenario and then you you know, pull your weapon, God forbid, and then, you know, you got to jam and then, then what? They know, there's no redos or, or second lives or respawning. That's it for you, buddy. Yeah, and Pete's going to take us through uh, how to do some basic cleaning methods for your semi-automatic as well as 
Uh, of course, it's going to depend on the model, so he's going to give us like a general description or your revolver. And uh, then Pete's going to give us the week two. He's going to talk about cleaning shotguns and, cr- and cleaning ARs. It's a little bit more difficult for the intermediate or the beginner, but he'll discuss that. And, of course, you know, Pistol Pete is always with a wealth of information. You know, you put a quarter in the jukebox and you get a, like $2.50. That's what you get for the quarter. So he's a wealth of information. The resident armor. <laughs> We're looking forward to it. So uh, what do you think we bring him on? Let's do it. I'm, I'm ready. All right, let's get Pete on the on the horn. Let's let's uh, ring the doorbell, see if he's there, and we'll we'll give him a call. Here we go. It is always a pleasure to have the master, the teacher, the one and only man that can put a mess together and make it into a gun, and that is Pistol Pete. <laughs> thank you, uh, thank. You. And we were going to have we were going to have uh, Mike Sierra on here, but we had some technical issues, and uh, he couldn't hook on. So he he sends his regards. And he hopes to catch you on the next show. Um, that would be great. We have gone up to the show up to now. We had Kilo Sierra come on, and he spoke to the audience about beginner, intermediate, and and the use of a weapon and what their uh, objectives should be and their goals. But now I want to touch on an area that I found out statistically is a it's something that kind of intimidates people that maybe have no experience with a weapon. They might have enough courage to pull the trigger, because that's another obstacle, but now they're deadly afraid of disassembling and cleaning. This is, I mean, something big in the gun world. So that's why a lot of them feel apprehensive about getting involved in weapons and who's going to teach me and do I have to pay for this? But they don't know that Pistol Pete is out there for all these needs. So can you carry us through how to clean a semi-automatic? Well, it's it's really not that difficult. Um for starters, there's so many different brands and there's so many different models. And my suggestion to you is open up your book. Uh, usually they include a little booklet on how to disassemble it, what they call a field strip. Okay. Right. Um, the manual will, will show you how to field strip your firearm. Uh, I cannot emphasize enough uh, that 
the first thing that you need to do is make sure that your firearm is safe. Correct. As a matter of fact, what I like to do is to have all the ammunition just in another room. Just to be on the safe side, keep all your ammunition in another room. You don't want to step away from the gun and somebody come by and put the magazine in and now you have an accident. Correct. Before we do anything uh, about maintaining your firearm, let's maintain our safety and get rid of any ammo in the area. Correct. Uh, then, like I was saying, your manufacturer's instructions should help you to do the disassembly. There's uh, uh, quite a variety of firearms, and depending upon yours, there is a particular way to disassemble it safely. Uh, once you have done the, the actual disassembling of the firearm, it is pretty simple. It is pretty, you know, if you see dirt, get rid of it. Right. That's basically about the size of it. If you see any dirt in, you want to look specifically in the rails. You want to look specifically in, in the uh, extractor. The extractor is what pulls out your casing once it has been fired. And a lot of gunk could, could accumulate there. Actually, it's carbon. And what happens with carbon and heat and time if you give it enough, you develop a diamond, one of the world's hardest substances. Wow. So you, you might want to have on hand a little toolkit that includes a little eyeglass screwdriver to get into those edges where the extractor is. Those, again, should be pointed out to you in your manual where your extractor is. And you want to clean what is called the uh, between the breech face and the extractor so that you can have... Uh, that's where you will use your, your little screwdriver and, and get any of the fouling that builds up there, all that carbon, get it out of there. Correct. A lot of people are overworried with the inside of the barrel. It, it needs to be cleaned, but it doesn't have to be spick and span. Um, another area where you, uh, where you might want to try to clean around is, is the, the trigger area. Make sure that there isn't anything foreign, piece of carbon, a piece of uh, lead, a piece of brass that gets stuck in the trigger area because that can make your weapon malfunction. If it's not uh, supposed to be there, it needs to come out when you're doing your cleaning. Correct. Now, everything that Pistol Pete is discussing, every specific area he's talking about, on our show notes, I'll have a description of what it is in an actual photograph so you can follow along what he's saying. Cool. I like photographs. They make it easier for you. <laughs> now, when it comes to, uh, is there anything that they... You know, every single firearm, every single model. Okay? I know. I know if you, you have know. a question on how to disassemble your particular one, go to YouTube. YouTube will help you. Is there any... Without a doubt. And I, I also want to say that in regards to YouTube because it's not really gun-friendly nowadays. The guys that are out there on YouTube are not making any income as they used to. They used to do that based on their audience. They were getting a commission from YouTube. They're not any longer. Uh, but the, a lot of these guys are very loyal, so they're still there. I will post on the show notes, those people that deal in weaponry, 
that uh, have been there a long time and they're very reputable. So uh, you want to be careful who you actually tune into at YouTube too. But uh, we absolutely, will, yeah, absolutely, we'll put some good people. My on suggestion is watch watch a couple of different videos and and then you know see who's making the most sense and who's being the safest. That's for starters. Yeah, you got a bunch of yahoos on there too. I mean. You, you got some people that have no experience and they're doing it, you know, for the first time and they're doing it on YouTube. But a lot of the disassembly procedures are easily followed on, on by a video. And a lot of the companies have videos on YouTube on how to disassemble their firearms. So Correct. you can follow that. That would be a great place to go. Correct. Now, uh, there is there any solution that you might want to... Not a specific brand, but something that if I'm listening, okay, before I, of course, I'm going to disassemble my weapon and I'm going to get into the meat of the matter and I'm going to start cleaning it. Do Should I use a solution to start the process or how do I start the process? Well, I would get rid of the bigger stuff first. Whatever's laying, you know, if you have big chunks of lead or big chunks of brass, that are hanging around, I would get rid of those first with just a, you know, a, 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 a common toothbrush. And then after that, I would go after a, a, some kind of solution, a gun cleaning solution. Um, again, we're not going to name any brands, but, uh, there, if it's a gun cleaning solution, it's meant for that purpose and it should be decent to use. Correct. Um, once you're once you're using the solution again, just take that toothbrush, dip it into the solution, and scrub. It's basically a lot of elbow grease that you're going to be using. Just scrub the areas until the area again looks clean. I mean, if it looks clean, it is clean. Exactly. Now, uh, also just to to inform the audience, in the weapon, if they brought it new, most likely there's a little cleaning kit of, of sorts inside the box, correct? Some manufacturers include some parts for cleaning. For example, Glock usually has a little brush for the inside of the barrel. Right. Uh, you're better off just buying a, uh, a, a little toothbrush that you're not going to use for anything else, or if you have one that's already been old in your house, Use that, uh, the eyeglass screwdriver, like I was saying earlier. There is one thing that I love that I wish I would have invented it because I, I would have been retired twice now. <laughs> um, it, it's called a boar snake. Yes. A boar snake is a little tool that looks like a shoestring. After the shoestring comes a bigger uh, uh, string or almost like a little rope. And inside of it, it has a an actual brass brush, which all you do is just run it through the bore, which is the bore is what's called the inside of the barrel. The inside part of the barrel is called the bore. You run it through there, and it cleans out your barrel in one quick swipe. It, it saves you a lot of time. Right, and as a, as a disclaimer, uh, what Pete just said, I want to say that you you do that process by inserting the snake or the string just the way the bullet would exit, not the opposite way, the way the bullet exits. 
Actually, you follow the, yes, you follow the, the path of, uh, you go in through the chamber. You always want to clean from the chamber to the bore, to the, to, to the muzzle. From the chamber to the muzzle is the way you want to do it. You want to follow the same path as the bullet does. You don't want to go from the muzzle, which is the, out, the exit area, onto the inside to the chamber. You want to go from the chamber to the muzzle. Correct. Uh, good point. Thank you very much. I'm glad I'm the expert. Well, hey, not, not, some of us weren't born experts like you. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to think this through like uh, a novice because I was there once. Now, I, I, I've cleaned my weapon and oil. Should I put a lot of oil on it? or What, what do you think about how much oil should be on the weapon? It needs to be, uh, oil is meant for re reducing friction, okay? That's the purpose of oil, to help reduce the friction that is happening as the weapon is functioning. Some weapons will require more oil than others. For example, a, a good example is for uh, a 1911. A 1911 has a rather long rail. You want to have oil on that whole long rail. Uh, on the other hand, the Glock has two short rails on each side, and they don't need a lot of oil. As a matter of fact, Glock recommends that you have six oiling spots. A lot of the weapon is made out of polymer, and polymer, when, when the polymer uh, uh, is doing its job back and forth and moving, there is no friction between the polymer and the, and, and the uh, steel. Where you want to have oil is where there's steel uh, running against steel. So you're trying to reduce the friction by the oil. You can very easily over, over oil a firearm. Um, as, as long, again, and you can see it by where the wear is on the firearm, where the, where the need for oil is. If you, if you disassembled your firearm and you're cleaning it, look for where the wear spots are at. And that will give you a good indication of where the oil needs to be placed. That's right. Yep. Very good point. Now, uh, 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 we, we've pretty much got the semi-auto. And I, and I recommend to everybody that's listening, we're trying to give you an audio feedback on how to do it. Of course, you should always follow your manufacturer's guide that came with your weapon, especially if you brought one new, it's in there. And I, I know women will read it, men will throw it away, but you should read <laughs> what's in there before you chuck it because uh, it's your weapon, it's your investment, and it's your Second Amendment right, so you have to safeguard it. Now, let's say I transition to revolver. This revolver is starting to get a little comeback. I'm starting to see these prices. I'm starting to see a lot of... Uh, Smith and Western revolvers back in the in the market, and uh, so how do I go about with the cleaning process on a revolver? Basically, about the same. Uh, first of all, again, is to make sure that there is no ammunition inside of your cylinder, in, inside of uh, uh, anywhere inside of the room. Is my suggestion to right. move the ammunition to some other room. That way there won't be any issues. Uh, and then um, you open up your cylinder, 
and you verify that all six chambers or all five chambers or all seven chambers, depending upon the revolver, are empty. Uh, once you do that, then you can start cleaning away. Same thing. Uh, you want to make sure you use, you're going to use the little eyeglass screwdriver in the areas where it starts to build up. The fouling starts to build up. Usually on the back side of the cylinder and on the front side of the cylinder. The revolvers work a little different in that each, each hole in the, in the cylinder is called a chamber. So you'll have five or six chambers or seven chambers, however many your revolver, revolver holds, you will have different chambers. And it has a need to have a little bit of space in the front of the cylinder and in the rear of the cylinder. Over time, by firing it, carbon is going to build up and it's going to take away some of that space. So your cylinder can get stuck. You're trying to pull on the trigger and nothing's going to happen because your cylinder is stuck because there's so much carbon on, on, on the side. You will lose what the manufacturers call the headspace, which is the space that is needed for the cartridge to be able to sit in there and still allow the cylinder to rotate. Correct. And, and I and I'm, I can attest. I'm hoping to, I'm not getting too technical. No, you're not getting too technical, and I can attest to everything if that I you're am, saying. If I am, tell me, and I'll I'll try to explain it some more. No, you, but, you're, you're uh, right that, on point, and I I am going to put some okay. uh, pictures and stuff on the show notes. Great. Okay, then you need a a brush for your cylinders. I would recommend a brass brush uh, for each one of your cylinder for your cylinders. And what you do is you just rotate them and take the brush in and pull it right out. It's just like if you were putting a round in the cylinder, you stick the brush in and then you pull it right back out until the cylinder chamber uh, walls are clean. And then again, as we spoke, a, a good uh, bore snake, which is even more desirable to have on a revolver than it is on a, on a uh, semi-auto, because on a semi-auto, you can take your barrel out. Right. But on a revolver, your barrel is stuck, and there's no way to get a rod from the rear to the front. Right. So the bore snake does an excellent job in getting around that. Right, because it's steady. It won't move. Right. Right. Yes. Your, your barrel on the revolvers are, are, are attached to the firearm, and there's no way to get them out. If you do, uh, you got a big problem. You might need a new revolver. Yeah, and I can attest to everything that Pete is talking about as far as revolver. You know, we, we worked together, and we went through many, many revolvers that would not open because they were yeah. full of gunk. And so I know, yeah. what he, I know exactly what he's talking about. And we're going to be posting again on the show notes a little bit more specificality. But like we talked in, in semi-auto, you're going to look at your manufacturer's guide now if you've lost your manufacturer's guide because your husband came in and he chucked it before you could read it or it just didn't come in it or you brought the weapon second-handed go online go to the company itself and put down your model number and, and most likely the the manufacturer's guide to download will pop one, up. yes yeah yes so you've come up with some great tips pete we want to thank you for for being on the show. I know that next week 
Uh, we're going to up the ante a little bit more with shotgun and AR in the process of cleaning. And, of course, uh, there are people that are novices when it comes to those two platforms, shotgun and AR. And, again, the disassemble and everything else is going to be a little bit more painstaking for them, I'm sure. It's not the same as a, as a simple revolver. But I can give them assurance that Pistol Pete, with that calm voice, will carry you right through the event. So we're looking, <laughs> we're looking forward to that interview next week, Pete. It'll be my pleasure. Now, I'm sure you got a lot of things lying around in the shop. So if you're interested in some of the magical work that Pete does in Pistol Pete's, I will post his website and his information and some of the artwork, because it's not, it's not gun work anymore, some of the artwork that Pistol Pete does. So we, we thank you, Pete, for coming on the show. We will definitely see you next week on, on the issue of AR and shotgun. Okay, do. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I always have a conversation for our listeners. <clears throat> and today, I want to talk about the peace. As you see all this turmoil and all these things that are happening on television, this one against that one, and that one against the other one, these things that you're seeing have been proclaimed in the Bible as the beginning of birth pains. People will, there'll be rumors of wars and there'll be pestilence and earthquakes and terror. People are confused more than ever. They don't know what is the truth. A lie is made into the truth and the truth is made into a lie. But one thing that we could be sure of is the word of God. And when I look at his words, they speak to me. And knowing that I can have peace through faith. So my faith, my faith in my creator, Jesus Christ, allows me to have peace and not really worry about what's happening in the world. Because he's overcome. He has overcome the world. And I can rest upon him. If you haven't made that journey or that commitment, I urge you and I encourage you to start a relationship with him. It doesn't have to be a big ceremonial thing. It's just you and him. And just ask him for forgiveness of anything that you've done wrong. I've done things wrong. We all have sinned. And say that you believe in your heart and mean it, that Jesus Christ is Lord. And that is the beginning of the journey. It's the first couple of baby steps that you're going to take on a tremendous journey that will be fulfilled with reward at the end when you meet Christ himself. What a glorious moment in our life that will be. What's next? Well, we're going to continue our segment in what we're doing, Training with a Firearm. Episode 55 is coming up. 
We will continue on our platform, but we are growing in our platform. We're not staying little. We are growing, getting better, more knowledgeable. If you've taken the position that you are a Second Amendment faithful supporter and that you are willing to take the move into purchasing a weapon, do not be fearful of that weapon. The best thing you can do is have excellence with that weapon. Many have done it, and you can do it, and you can do it too. All you have to do is put faith in that you can do it. Hook up with a reputable trainer and look for the gun that fits you. Go to your neighborhood gun store or a shooting gallery and ask to rent a couple of their firearms so you could try them out and see what, how they work. On our podcast, as we start proceeding outwards on the third show, I will kind of give you a list of not what kind of guns you should buy, but what you should look for when you think that that's the one for you. Now, before we sign off, you've been a great audience this whole year, and I want to give you a parting gift. It will be on the show notes, which you can get from Raider Cop Nation on episode 54, Training with a Firearm. On the show notes, I will place an album or a song from a good friend of mine, and we support the blue, always support the blue on this station. And I want to give you a little bit of Sancocho from Daniel Peña and Moliendo Café. I will attach that link to the show notes. It has been my honor and my privilege to be your host on Raider Cop Nation. This is Alpha Mike signing out till we meet again.